for those of you who are in a relationship, do you ever feel like you're just an accessory and your needs and your wants are kind of unimportant, or at least they're made to feel that way? I get you and I know it's hard. Well, today we're going to talk about what so many of our women have been asking about, narcissistic relationships. Now, it's not what you think because that word gets thrown around a lot, but we're going to get into a bit of what we're experiencing as women and kind of some signs of if your husband is a narcissist. That way we can kind of wrap our head around if, if we might fall into that or could it be something else. And basically how to respond because our biggest goal today and our biggest goal in our mindfulness my brand is to let women understand that they are valuable and no matter how they're made to feel whether it's from this reason or that reason that they in fact by islam by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have a right to feel good and they don't have to just kind of put up with certain types of behavior we want to make it super clear that you are valuable and Allah loves you and he loves for your happiness so today we're going to get into that we're going to dive deep into some stuff that you guys have been saying that has been kind of controversial and definitely needed to be talked about let's dive in Hello, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, licensed educator of 20 years, mom of five, and big sister of the community on so many topics that you guys come here for twice a week, every week, whether it's love, marriage, parenting, life hacks, organization, anything, we are here for you. Now, you guys know we have been an absolute marriage series where we've been covering all the topics and questions that you guys have been sending in through tons of DMs or emails or like whatever way you get to us through our consultation calls. When we hear something happening over and over or being asked over and over, we turn to a podcast and our podcasts are literally just a database of everything the Muslim community as women are asking. And you guys know here that what we do in Mindful Muslima is our mission here is to help Muslim women grow and thrive as a community, not as individuals only because we are stronger together and we recognize that and that's why we have all of our support systems we have the podcast here outside of that we have our private thrive community we have an entire school with classes and courses an entire program so we want you to know that we have your back on everything you guys want to know about and we are here to serve you and if we don't have it we will build it because that's what we do all right so let's get into today today's kind of a really difficult uh, topic to approach. It's a bit sensitive. And um, I want you to know that the reason we are making this podcast is that there are just so many women bringing this topic up or bringing inklings of this topic up. And it really just left us feeling like our women are feeling like they have no support. They're feeling like, I don't know how to say it, kind of beat up. And we keep getting the same kind of questions and vibes over and over again. So we're like, we have to make a podcast out of that. They just keep asking, we want to like leave out some general statements so women can know where they stand because you are valuable and your feelings matter and not all of you feel heard. We know that. You do not feel heard in your relationships, by your parents, whatever it is in your community. And we understand that, but we need to help us get grounded because we do everything by the Quran and Sunni here. We don't do things top of mind, you know, like Allah Kareem, you know, we don't, we don't make stuff up on our own. So what we do is we help women who live modern lives kind of get grounded back to the Quran and Sunni and find your answers in a realistic way. 
So it's super tricky. And our place here is not to do anything but help our women who are being, um, you know, feeling like they're made to feel less than in terms of relationships. So I want to clearly state my intention for this podcast. In our brand, we are constantly dealing with families where spouses, one or the other, does not really wish to seek help. I think we know it as Muslims, it's kind of a stigma in our community, right? It could be a cultural shame, or maybe they feel like, oh, that's just a Western thing, or in Islam, we don't have to do that, or I'm not obligated to do that. And so many women who seek our help say, well, my husband doesn't really want to go get help. He doesn't want to go see a family therapist. He doesn't want to even go to the sheikh. Like, what can I do? And they come to us and they do our consultation calls that you guys know we do, and they talk to us. And so after we've had about a bazillion calls on this similar question and topic, we're making it into a podcast. But we want you to generally know that it's because our women were left so oftentimes in their communities, in their cultures, with no help, with no um understanding of their options. As a bigger sister, I'm able to help them reflect on what's happening and get them to start thinking about things. And then we decide together the next steps for them. Now, it could be finding another way to get them some type of outside help or on how to approach a sheikh or to bring in a family mediator. See, we kind of help women talk through their ideas and feelings. And part of that is really validating what they're going through. And a lot of our women don't really have anyone else to talk to, to be honest. And sometimes people say to me, you're the only one who knows. I didn't even tell my sister. I didn't even tell my mom. I can't tell anyone because they're going to judge me or they're going to, you know, think this about me or that. And ultimately my goal is to help the sister take the next steps and not feeling stuck in her pain. Does that make sense? Because too often we find that our women are made, whether it's intentionally or not intentionally, to feel like they're not enough or themselves sometimes they feel they're not enough and they spiral into this lack of self-worth or depression. Have you ever experienced that? Well, we're talking about a person in, when we say the throughout the big, big N word, the big narcissistic word, not another word, we're talking about a person who kind of lacks empathy, a person who feels very entitled or they expect some type of treatment that they don't necessarily have to give to others. Um, women with this type of spouse, maybe they only want to affiliate with people who are at their level. They're very concerned about their appearance or their wife's appearance, you know, if, if it's a husband. And they keep this beautiful facade up, almost like a smoke and mirrors. If you look behind the mirror, though, it's usually empty. They tend to get angry really fast, especially if they don't get their way. They can be very critical of others and don't take well to taking criticism for themselves. Now, we can go on and on and on about this type of husband. There is no one type of narcissist out there. There are many shades. What I'm just describing are some tendencies. They tend to be jealous. They gaslight you, right? And deny your feelings or reality and make you almost feel like you have no right to feel those feelings. Some even get pleasure out of the misery of others. They even sometimes say things they claim later on they never even said. And you can kind of feel lost, you know? It downplays your role, your opinion, your value in the whole relationship, in the whole family. And that's what a lot of women are describing to us. And yes, those things are definitely narcissistic tendencies. Does that mean if your husband has one or two of these traits, he's a narcissist? Absolutely not. Doesn't mean if he maybe has six or seven of them, then you need to think about it or you need to maybe go look for some um, help or some counseling or you need to talk to somebody. If you want to just talk to us, we're here. But the point is, it's a bit more complicated 
Now, there's many shades of narcissism. It's just like I said, not just one kind. And, and just because I've mentioned some of this, you're like, oh my gosh, that's my husband. It could be. It could be. But the main thing we're focusing on here is that some clinical psychologists say that a key indicator that a person may be in a narcissistic relationship, like here's a good red flag. Um, it could be when they feel like they need to voice record the conversations that you're having with the other person and playing it back to them to validate that those conversations really happened or they really said those things to you or they really made you feel like that because they don't feel like the other person is ever going to acknowledge that they're actually doing that, right? And so I often hear women say, well, if I was enough, he'd love me or if I was enough, he wouldn't cheat on me. Or he wouldn't follow girls on Instagram. Or he wouldn't keep like talking to that woman in his office. And so many women stay with their husbands hoping they're going to change. Or sometimes because they've been so beat up from the situation, they just feel like, well, what? where else am I going to go? What else am I going to do? And, you know, they try to approach it with their husband. They really try to get a breakthrough with him. But they just find him highly defensive hyper hyper reactive to criticism often playing like she's the one upsetting him not like he's upsetting her and he almost plays the victim and then they're left feeling like am i crazy did, like did that conversation just happen or they start to get super insecure like you know he's mr high and mighty and they can never do anything to please him it must be them and they kind of come to us in this state of just like head hung low woe is me, this is my life. And am I crazy, sis? Like, is this really happening? Because he won't acknowledge. And, and this is what they're experiencing. So what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of help you manage that a little bit. We can't sit here and go through your particular situation. You're just listening on a podcast. But we do want to give you some tips of things you can do to kind of understand the way to approach a person like that. Because if they are, in fact, that type of a person, then there's a particular way that you kind of have to deal with them in order not to feel like it's you. And this is going to take time. And I suggest that if, if a lot of these things struck a chord with you, you could definitely get on a call with me so we can talk about what you can do next. A lot of people feel comfortable reaching out to me because it's not like they're going to get therapy or something. And, and we have so many therapists that we um, suggest to other women, we have different people and things like that. Not that we're like a therapy service, but I'm just saying, um, we have Sheikh that we talk to. And sometimes we just want women to know the options. We just basically want women to know their rights, their options, and some just really good nasiha on what to do next, some next steps, and to let them understand that they are valuable because oftentimes they don't really feel that way. They don't have anybody to talk to. So you guys know if you need me, I'm there below. Um, in the 15-minute calls that we have in the links, you can always DM me on Instagram. A lot of people do on Instagram. And we have that um, class coming up on the 19th where you'll get even more information on how to connect better with him. I think skilling up is everything. That's how I learn everything. I just skill up, skill up, skill up. I have tons of scholars that I study under or teachers. And so these things are critical that we keep learning. And that's the only way things are going to change if we inject change in our lives. Otherwise, it's just going to stay as is. And can you imagine staying in the marriage the way you have it even one more day, a month, a year more? What if it's the rest of your life because you literally didn't make any change and he never changed and everything just stayed as is? You get me, sis? 
there's there's a point where you make dua to Allah and you have patience and there's a point where you educate yourself and you actively you know take the next steps and maybe you don't know what those steps are maybe that's super scary for you but that's literally why we're here we are like a bridge for the community for like where they can get help how they can get help and what we can do to try to make ourselves um, at your service so let's just talk about some really quick tips just give me some four quick tips today a little quick hip and exactly um what you can do when a person comes at you with that type of approach a narcissistic approach all right so now this doesn't always happen too but there is some type of a trauma bonding sometimes that they do like a lot of women express to us that you know when they were first in their loving relationships the beginning parts of their marriage they didn't see all this stuff he was like super into like their story and they would tell it to him and then later on in their relationship they'd find him using their points of vulnerability against them like if they had this super painful thing that was kind of triggering for them they would use it on them later on and never they get in an argument and then they like feel like that thing was almost ammo for them to go at them and that's the type of trauma bonding that we're referring to and so what do you do so we're just going to give some very quick basic tips today but we do suggest that if you're experiencing this type of pain that you don't keep these things like buried in your chest and it's totally okay to ask people for help and it's totally okay to know you are not crazy okay if you are feeling negative feelings by the way i just want to say this i haven't said this in a while in the podcast negative feelings are never negative okay all feelings are good all feelings are valid sadness pain these are amazing things to have and you're like why in the world would that be good because they're gifts. Honestly, they're gifts. They're beautiful signs. They're beautiful signs that something is not right. And you need to make it right. Allah's getting us these beautiful signs. And it's kind of like if you have a cough, right? Like, <laughs> like it's a sign that maybe you have a cold or a virus or maybe there's an infection or like whatever it is. This is a beautiful sign to check deeper. And that's what we're saying that this type of a pain is. So it's only negative. It only becomes negative when you stay in it when you wallow in it, when it becomes your mood, and then it eventually like becomes part of almost like your personality. Like I'm the sad one all the time. I'm the one who's always depressed. Everybody in my family knows I'm going through something forever and not really getting help about it, but I'm just like in this thing. That is not, how do I say it? It's not like a shield of honor or badge of honor to carry around. You're not meant to be a martyr. This is not the plight of women. Like this is just what we've done to ourselves and our community. This is not what Allah wants for you. This is not what Islam set forth for women. Islam is absolutely beautiful. Matter of fact, in our book club just this week, the women were shocked when we got to chapter two of the ideal Muslim. We had this beautiful conversation. Shout out to all ladies in the, the book club. I see you. Um, so we were, they were shocked that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts so much emphasis on self-care for women. And they'd never heard that before. That's such a buzzword every day out there. But for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to put so much emphasis on the woman to take care of herself spiritually, physically, emotionally, psychologically, they thought it was absolutely beautiful. And they just felt completely rejuvenated, empowered, motivated to get into like a new workout routine, a new to-do list, get themselves some extra, you know, me time. And I love that. And that's what we're all about. Like getting women to recognize that Islam gives us tools, gives us power. You know, that it is the real Islam that we're focused on, not like the cultural 
baggage that we're forced to have in our ideologies about women in their place in society because Islam is actually incredibly empowering. So anyway, let's get into the quick four tips. I want you to know like bottom line that Islam just absolutely loves to uplift women and we have to understand how to do that by skilling up. So number one, if your husband is going to be going at you about something in this very negative way, don't defend yourself, okay? Not wanting to feel like a doormat and going back and forth, you're going to just give them what they want. You just being like, oh, huh, huh, huh. like they're trying to, it's a power play and you're playing into it, okay? So for a healthier person, you know, defending yourself in a situation might be logical, it might work. But with this type of person, um, you don't need to engage. In fact, it's better not to do the back and forth. You need to have that discernment and to deal with different people differently. And that's one thing that the Prophet, peace be upon him, did. He never had like this one approach for everyone. He he got like an understanding of where their position was, their background, like he had some type of engagement with them, what works emotionally, and he addressed everyone differently. He was a people person. He really, really got that. And so I realized that really, really have to be that way to understand, like even my children, I have five kids, but one of them I have to be super like stern with. Another one, if I did that, they would just cry to pieces. So I have to be a lot softer with that one. Like all of your children, like my grandma used to say, they're like your five fingers. They're all in the same hand, but they're all different. So it's that very much approach of knowing who you're talking to and approaching them with the right approach. So don't defend yourself. The going back and forth is, is not going to be healthy in this situation. Then you say, what should I do next? And I'm going to say, well, like, I can't go into everything in the podcast. Definitely, definitely message me if you want. Number two is don't engage. Okay. It's going to feel weird. It's just, I'm not saying like when they're in this aggressive attack mode, you have to, like I explained it to somebody once when I, I had this problem all the time, not that my um, bosses were narcissists, but they were very like aggressively pressing me or having their own emotional trauma. Like literally one of my bosses, like she, she wasn't married. She was like 50. She was having like midlife crisis. She admitted it to all of us. And she would just like put her, her blood, sweat and tears in her work and go home to an empty house. And she was really, she just felt like she was not fulfilled, let's just say. And so the point is at the end of the day, um, she used to take a lot of stuff out on us. So I used to have this saying, if she was the fire, I would be the water, right? So she would come at me like, today, blah, 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 did you do this? Blah. Yeah, I got it. You sure? Because I just need to, I'm like, mm-hmm. Do you want me to check this one too? Okay, cool, I got it. It was not a facetious like, oh, hmm, do you want me to, no, like I didn't talk to her like that, okay. It was like, it was like, you just say in your head, I start making dhikr as they're screaming at me <laughs> so I can keep calm. And then I, I say like one or two words, like responses. Mm -hmm. I don't fuel the fire because fire to fire only makes more fire. It's just like, it's just going to be like out of control. And that's why you leave emotionally like drained from that conversation, feeling like you went in circles, got nowhere. You were clearly made to feel like you were the problem. And now I just feel like garbage. So that is not going to help you. Number three goes into all of this. I'm going to say it like this. Don't defend, don't engage, and don't explain yourself. Extensive explanations are exactly what they want. Now, he's your husband. Do you have to explain to him what happened with a particular bill or a situation? Of course you do. But what I mean by explaining is I mean those like feeling like defending myself because he said I'm wrong and I have to explain how I'm not. And like that whole emotional piece is very different than like, did you call the guy, whatever, like I asked you to for the, uh, the dishwasher broke. And then you're like, 
yeah, I did. But let me explain why, why I didn't get to fix it. Because then he, because you already are kind of in your head knowing what they're going to say back to you. And you're kind of like fearing their lash out. So you're kind of like overly emphasizing, kind of like a child to their parent. And it's, it's not a healthy engagement. So don't explain. And lastly, and this is probably the hardest one, even if you think those are hard, this is probably the hardest one for women is don't personalize it. It's them. It's not you. People with this type of issue, if, if, and I use the high word if, they are in fact narcissists, um, they have a lot of internal trauma and struggling. They have very low self-esteem. They have a lot of baggage, a lot of issues that are theirs. I try to remind myself of this when I go out the door, especially like I've mentioned before, like with COVID-19, people are like really on edge and not so kind sometimes. So when I go out the door, I have people with road rage in front of me and crazy things. And I try to keep going. They're going through a lot today. Maybe they're just having a bad day, you know, start to make excuses for them or whatever it is. And so it's very important to have, um, the understanding that it is them, it's not you, right? So I want you to understand something. It's like a bonus tip I'm going to give you as well. If the only voices you're hearing every day are that you are horrible and they're from your husband and they're from your own head, because like after he's gone, you're playing these tapes over and over again, right? You're playing like whatever he said to you. And sometimes, and we've talked about this before, because you guys know we have the emotions program where we teach women um, how to understand how their mind works, because mastering that literally gives you the power to control your emotions. And if you control your emotions, you control your thoughts and your feelings and your actions and your life. And it's really, really comes down to that. And a lot of people, they struggle with their Islam, they struggle with their ibadah, they struggle with so many things, because they can't get a hold of their emotions and their thoughts and their schedule and their life and their motivation. Like it really comes down to that. Like why isn't the person praying? But obviously Allah is the best to pray to. Well, they often get caught up in their in their emotions or their demotivation or whatever it is. And it comes down to so many basic things. If you just get a grip on them, it's fixed. So like, let Let's not like wag our finger at people who are like bad Muslims, quote unquote, and instead let's help them. And that's what we're all about here because there are no bad Muslims. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came to this earth, came to the deen, excuse me, like the deen came to the people with um, the understanding that Muslims are imperfect. This is not a religion that came to perfect people. That's when people tell me like, oh, I'll put on hijab when like, you know, I'm like a practicing better Muslim right now. I don't want to be a hypocrite. That is so the wrong approach. The Prophet peace be upon him taught us that so like it is not like you're never going to be a perfect person and that's when you put on hijab i have hijab and i'm completely imperfect right but i strive every day i make tawba i make you know istighfar, and i come back every day trying again renewing my intention and that's all Allah asks of us so put on that hijab don't hesitate if that was holding you back that is just totally shaitan in your ear and just ignore that and that's nonsense right so we have to understand that's really important we have other voices in our head that are cheering us on. And so when I made Thrive Muslim, that their whole private community, that you guys know we have like all these live interactions with women. So women don't feel alone. They're in 147 countries and they're all together. Literally even also on the book club just this weekend, we have women from the UK, Nigeria, Uganda, Switzerland, India, Pakistan, Philippines. Like they're from everywhere. It's like a big online party. And you're there with other women and people are going through just what you're going through. And by the way, some people are saying like, is Thrive Muslim only for like people who are like really strong practicing? We have hijabis, non-hijabis. We have um, 
kind of like this come as you are policy where we put them all in the same room, women of high knowledge and low knowledge, because in the time of the prophet, peace be upon him, we didn't segregate people. We didn't segregate people based on their levels of knowledge and on their, um, you know, their levels of religiosity who prayed the most and uh, if they're a revert or not a revert. And that's just a bunch of nonsense, especially in our community. We have a lot of segregation um, in terms of like, this is the you know, Egyptian mosque or the Pakistani mosque, or this is the Lebanese mosque, you know, like, it's like, this is never an Islamic approach. This is what we as humans have done. So we go back to the the Sahaba, right? The way of the Sahaba, back to the Quran, back to the way of the Sunnah, the Rasul and we were all one community. And we did it with unconditional love and lack of judgment. And that's what we do here. So what I want you to understand, it's really important that you have other voices in your life so that you can hear other versions of your reality. Like, I had sisters who were initially suicidal when they came into our um, private community. And now they're, they're the leaders in our community. Why? Because they had so much beautiful intention and so much beautiful purpose, but they were surrounded by parents in their home that were negative, telling them that they were nothing. They were never going to be anything. They weren't as good as their cousin. They weren't as good as their sister. They weren't as good as their whatever. And they just felt drowning, stuck, unheard. They just wanted to be with other sisters. And we know that and we know how you are because we were like that too. <laughs> we can totally relate. So when we come together, we only cheer each other on. When a sister comes on and she posts something that she was like really, really feeling horrible about her life, all the sisters come flooding going, sis, I just want to remind you of this Hadith. I'm with you today. My du'as are with you. It's not like Facebook, Instagram, where like any random person can come in and just like, you know, judge you or like leave a snide comment and like carry on with their day. We don't allow that. It's a very protected community. Only women are in there are women who are serious and women who want to uplift other women. We don't allow any like nonsense in there. Like there's, you don't have to stay. It's not a public forum. We can just ask you to leave. And so like the women who are there though, we reward them. Like we just started this whole system where we give women like all these different, um, we recognize like two or three women a month who just have been like outstanding supports of the other women. And we do a big like announcement, cheer them on, and we give them gifts, like just little things like that. Because I think we have lost the value in women caring for women. And so the point of this is I want you to know that when you're in that type of a community versus a home alone, and all you have is everybody, somebody, excuse me, someone every day telling you how bad you are, how bad of a wife you are, of a mother you are, of a life partner you are, that's just the darkest, dreariest world. And you don't have to live in it. That's my point, you know? And it can be really, really hard. But we want you to know you have a choice. You have free will. You can make istikhara. You don't have to feel like a doormat. You know, don't give your emotional remote away to people. Stop giving away your emotional passwords. Stop letting people know what irks you and then them throwing fire on that, on that pain for you and just exacerbating it. Like, you have the power. Put up your firewall. Block their words. Take back your power. You know, yes, you have to treat your husband well. But no, you don't have to suffer abuse. And that could be physical, emotional, or psychological, sis. You know, we just really are all about women understanding that they have absolute value on this earth. We value you. But more, most of all, we want you to value yourself. All right. We love so much that you're here in the podcast. Thank you so much for supporting us and supporting our community and our sisters. If you haven't already, definitely subscribe so you can make sure you get the first notification for every time we put up a new podcast. And if you haven't already, definitely sign up so you could be with us on the new masterclass on October 19th. All right, sis. Thank you so much for joining. I'll catch you in the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.